Hi everyone, welcome back to Kue Coco. I'm Bele Raimoso and I'm your host. So today's special guest is Marcus Gutione, who is the newly appointed director and president of Pacific X, an organization for LGBTQI plus um, Pacific and Māori people from Victoria. So we talk about the future of the organization and we also talk about his personal story, which I think is very relatable, especially as a born and bred South Aucklander myself. If you want to get more information about the organization, please find them on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I'll be posting them all over my socials this week. A big thank you to Marcus though for sharing his story. We see you and we appreciate you. Without further ado, here's my chat with Marcus. Hi Pujas, welcome back to another episode. Today we have the newly appointed President and Director of Pacific X, Marcus Kitione. Am I saying it right? Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Um, yeah, Marcus, so tell us, oh wait, how are you first? I'm actually good. Like, um, at the moment with everything that's happening, um, I'm just glad that I have the support system that I have Love family, friends, mm. um, but also just having the family and friends here in Melbourne just checking in with one another as well as family back home in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just like, yeah, I think things for me are like business as usual, but obviously mm-hmm. there's also that uncertainty as to what's going to happen or if anything will happen here mm-hmm. in Australia. But yeah, yeah everything's fine. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, good as well. Um, I'm on holidays this week, but I didn't cancel my leave because I was like, I was going to do this anyway. Uh, <laughs> I was going to stay home anyway. So, <laughs> nice. Um, nice, nice. Are you able to tell us a little bit about yourself and about um, Pacific X as well? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name's Mark Skidjone. Uh, Twenty nine. Mum is Cook Island and Dad is Tongan. And so Mum's from the island of Rarotonga and the villages of Nikau and Matsuvera. And Dad is from Vavau, Aletoa. Never been there, but yeah, he's mm. from there. <laughs> um, and born and raised in Otara, South Auckland. Um, yes. I. Yes, two and four. <laughs> um, so I moved to Perth in 2015 where I lived for three years. Um, and then I moved here to Melbourne in 2018. Um, and it wasn't until I found the friends that I have here in Melbourne that we discovered that we needed community and more specifically connection with community of the Pacific Island people, um, well, LGBTQIA Pacific Island people. Um, and so amongst our many conversations between my friends and I, um, we agreed that like we needed to like try and find a space or a group or create a group that um, 
like have a safe space for us islanders to come together and just share stories and all. And then um, one day I happened to come across the well. I was sort of <laughs> I was sort of stalking a page, yeah, really stalking. <laughs> um, or like stalking stalking a comment actually, and like then. The name looked familiar, and the name was Tony K. Freshman, um, mm-hmm. who was the former um, director and founder of Pacific X. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought to myself, I was like, I'm sure I know this name. Like, I thought I knew this name from like back home in New Zealand. Um, mm-hmm. Clearly, I did it because he's never been to New Zealand. Um, oh wow! <laughs> but I went, I went onto his page, and I was just like reading through his profile, and I happened to see like. Um, Vika Inc. and I went mm-hmm. to click on it because um, Pacific X was formerly known as Vika Inc. and then in 2017 changed its name to Pacific X. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until yeah I clicked onto Vika Inc. and then I read what the platform was and I was like, oh my gosh, there's actually a group here in Melbourne for LGBTQIA um, Pacific Islanders. So I was like excited to tell my friends and I messaged Tony straight away, like just seeing how to get involved. Mm-hmm. And then, so that was late 2019. And then January 2020, we had the March. Um, and that's what gave me more of a reason to get involved with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, just so much pride, like in that moment. Um, but just a little bit about Pacific X because I went sidetracked. Um, Pacific X uh, ultimately is a um, LGBTQIA Pacific Island platform here in Melbourne. Um, and ultimately, what we're wanting to do is just create a space for us Pacific Islanders to tell our stories. Um, but not only that, just also to do stuff within the community. Mm-hmm. Um, our vision is awareness, empowerment, and celebration. And um, with these visions and values, like we look at um, bringing more awareness within our community, as well as empowering our community and just celebrating like anything that we can do in society or anything that we can do in the community or just keep celebrating ourselves and just putting ourselves up because one thing that I noticed at the Pride March for Midsummer March here in Melbourne was when we were walking, like you could see people's faces, like they had no idea who these Pacific Islands were. Mm-hmm. But I think, they, I think the only one that really rang a bell was like Fiji. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't know who Tonga was, they didn't know who Samoa was, they didn't know Islands. And if they didn't know us before that, they knew then and mm-hmm. then who we were. And so that was just like something, just bringing aware- awareness and preparing ourselves as well as celebrating our cultures. And um, yeah, um, we look, I mean, during this time, it's all about just connecting and engaging with people. and just making sure people are all right um, mm-hmm. during this time and also just, yeah, just trying to get things progressing to um, hopefully have some stuff ready and waiting for everyone at the end of all of this. Yeah, hopefully soon. Uh, eh? Definitely. Um, 
I want to come back to Midsummer, but I wanted to ask you, if you don't mind, um, how you identify and when you knew you were a little bit different from um, the norm. Okay. Um, so I am the G in LGBTQIA. Um, so I'm gay. A Gaga fan? Gay no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think um, when I knew I was different, I think, I truly think um, it was inevitable <laughs> that um, I think I was always, I always had feminine traits. I think when I was younger, but mm-hmm. I didn't pay attention to it. Obviously, other people, adults, paid attention yep. to it more than us kids do. Um, and I just remember, like, when I was young, um, growing up in South Auckland, and, like, my uncles would be like, oh, fuck it like deep. And, you know, fuck it like translate as a Tongan individual um, who portrays himself with feminine gestures or something of that sort um, and I I don't consider myself a fucking lady I, I mean I just consider myself as gay and um, when I was younger I, I don't think I paid attention to it as much as I did when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and if like they mentioned it when I was a teenager I think I, because I was just in so much denial I was just like it's not about me like don't talk about me like <laughs> um, so, uh, so oh my gosh did I know like because yeah I I, I was. I think I was just trying to like keep that side of me closeted, and so I was just trying to put on this facade, like no, I'm straight, like every other person, and yeah. like bringing bringing girls home, but like not exactly for like the reason yeah. you bring girls home for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I. I mean, yeah, I've always known, and I think my family's also known as well. And sh- mm. it was just more just um, a waiting game, I guess. Um, like when everything did happen, I was just like, oh, we knew we were just waiting. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> yeah. So was it a conversation or was it like you just brought someone home? So <laughs> it's, it's interesting. So I, I think I was 20 when I actually realized and accepted my sexuality. And mm-hmm. um, I had just started a job and then there was like, um, there was a workmate um, of mine, Phyllis, who um, just asked me point blank, are you gay? And I looked at her and she, I didn't even think about it. I was just like, yeah. And like, wow. I think that was like the, my first realization of actually like, oh my gosh, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gay. Like, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then like, they, like, they didn't care about it. But like, I think in my mind, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, nothing's changed. Like, maybe like, it's not that bad to just like, come out and tell people. And so. Mm-hmm. The building um, didn't burn down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> like, I, the first person I told was my cousin, cause like, <laughs> she she was just like my ride or die, like my karaoke double cousin, and um, like it was so funny when I told her. I was like, "Oh, do you remember this person?" She was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Your mate," and I was like, "Yeah." Um, we actually like had a thing, and she was like, "Oh my gosh," and I was like, "And do you remember this person?" And she was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah," and I was like, "Yeah." We were, she was like, "Oh my gosh, so you were just introducing me to all your your SWBs," and I was just like. Yeah, kind of, but like I just didn't <laughs> want to tell you then. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. But, 
but um, I mean, like the conversation, like I, the first people in my like immediate family was like my mother or my mom and my brother. Um, and so like with my mom, obviously like all mothers or well, maybe just my mother in general, um, she did cry and mm-hmm. um, I just remember like sit, uh, like sitting on her bed awkwardly and now she's just like, she was like, is there something you need to tell me? And I was like, oh, yeah, there is something that I need to tell you. And she was just like, what is it? And I go, so I was just like, oh, I just wanted to let you know that I'm, I'm gay. And then she was just like, what? And I was like, I'm gay, I'm happy. And that's all you need to know. And then um, she just like sat there for a while and she just started crying. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was, she was just like, like every other um, Christian mother, I guess. So did you um, pray about it? And I was like, girl, I've been praying about it, about it since I like realized, you know, it's like nothing's happened. Yeah. You're like, Pusha, um, what are these feelings? <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, yeah, I think like um, after a while, like she came to terms with it and she's fine. Like um, she does get awkward when I like bring it up. So I like talking about guys around her. And then she'll just, <laughs> she'll just like look at me awkwardly like, you're not talking about that, but she's, yeah, she's fine. She loves me. And that's all that matters. And yeah, I just remember when I told my brother through a messenger, because he was living in Perth at the time. Mm. And he was, he was like, I knew. And then I was like, oh, how? And he was just like, oh, because you um, weren't bringing any girls home. And I was just like, I was bringing girls home, just not for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> like you You're did. braiding each other's hair. Um, <laughs> exactly. Having telling sessions in the room. Um, but yeah, no. And then, yeah, the family all eventually um, found out and they were they were fine. Like, mm-hmm. they showed their love, showed their support. And I'm just blessed that I had that support system as well as I'm loving friends as well back home that helped me start my journey because I don't think that I would have been able to be this happy if I was still mm-hmm. maybe closeted. Mm-hmm. Um, and just having that reaction from them, it just gave me more fulfillment and um, more of an opportunity to live my, live my life authentically. And yeah. that's what I've done thus far. So yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, I talk a lot about wearing my queerness and um, I heard you mention before that you do portray, like you portray very feminine traits um, as do I. Um, has yeah. that been like a challenge for you? Has like being out in public or just um, being in our own Pacific spaces like church and just things like that, has that been a major challenge for you? And how do you, if it has been, how do you um, combat that? Um, so for in church, like I won't, I'm, I'm not naturally flamboyant, but I mm-hmm. can be flamboyant um, if I'm like out and about or have a few drinks in me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. relatable. But like in, in, in church, like I'll just, I, like I'm not there to make friends, I'm just there to refill my cup of the, the word and um, just get what I need and then I'm out. But it's just as I'm just fortunate 
um, that with the family that run this church, the Tongan family, and it's a small family that's um, starting this church. And I'm just blessed that um, I'm able to just show face when I need to and yeah. when I don't need to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, sorry. Yes. Oh, no, I was just saying, it's um, it's really rare to have that as queer people that are queer Pacific people. Yeah. Um, to have churches that are that feel safe because I for one exactly. like I've stopped going just because it's just really scarred me. <laughs> well, that that's right, that's right, and um, I feel like when I was in Perth, because my sister-in-law and I were like trying to find a church that felt right, and a lot of the churches in Perth were like big organize organization based yeah. churches and. Obviously, with all of them, they have a lot of politics, and I was just mm-hmm. like never comfortable mm-hmm. in those spaces. Yep. Um, so I never went. And then over here, it was just I just chose to stay away from the big churches. And when my brother and them were saying that they're going to the small church or something from their rugby team, I was just like, oh yeah, I'll come try it out. And their family's lovely. Um, I mean, I haven't told them that I am, but I. Mm-hmm. I I think I know that they already know because like, yeah. when I wear like the other time when I went I like wore this long coat and she's like yes I love the coat and I was like thank you <laughs> um, so um, it's like those small gestures and where just yeah. like, we feel comfortable mm-hmm. um, in those spaces yeah are you able to talk about your dating experience prior to coming out and also after coming out and if there's any differences between them um yeah Oh, massive. There is definitely a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, dating was, before I came out, I frequented, oh, not frequented. I did, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, oh my gosh, girl. Stop putting stop yourself in those positions. <laughs> um, <laughs> so before I came out, I was actually a lot more active um, than I am after I came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what that reason was. Like I started exploring around the age of 16. Yep. Um, and I was uh, passing myself as an 18-year-old because, you know, it was... Um, older guys that I was actually talking to and mm-hmm. uh, so I just need to clear my throat <clears throat> yeah it was older guys that I was actually talking to so I was like passing myself with 18 to just like I don't know sign up <laughs> so, well yeah I'll get, of course <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, but there was also like in the back of my mind like there was always this curiosity like just pushing me to like go and like explore mm-hmm. and I was obviously doing these things as uh, as a 16 year old in South Auckland didn't have a car didn't know how to drive and I was just, so I was just like walking a lot of places or like they would come around and pick me up mm-hmm. you know just be like oh yeah just pick me up from down the road around the corner at the shelf mm-hmm. and I'll meet you there yeah. um, and so I dating for me back then like it happened quite often but it wasn't long relationships it was Mm -hmm. just 
um, it was just like, yep, here, done. Been here, mm-hmm. done that, now next one. Been here, done that, now next one. And um, I think like if anything, there was probably only one relationship that I had before I came out that I probably regret not pursuing. Mm-hmm. Um, and only because like he saw my, he saw my good, bad, and ugly and um, was still like there for me through like my hard times and all of that stuff and saw me like even in my drunk times where I'll just rock up to his work drunk and then I'll just sleep, sleep in the car and wait for him to finish um, work and like because I'll be like drunk and this will be after like a night out and I'll just <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just come <laughs> sleep in the car and then I'll wait for you to finish work and then we'll go eat. Mm. Um, but like, he was definitely supportive. Um, but I think I was just at the time scared of commitment. And that's why I was, it was easy for me to just like, yeah, block you, go to the next, yeah, block you, mm. go to the next. And um, I think after I came out and having all those experiences um, when I was younger um, like I knew what I wanted Mm -hmm. but like I didn't have like the uh, I didn't have like the drive to actually go out and pursue or like attempt to go on a date with anyone after I did come out and um I don't know what it is and I, I'm still like trying to figure it out for myself because like it wasn't until recently where I thought or think I am asexual mm-hmm. um, as well as demisexual but like these are areas that I'm still exploring because when someone talks about dating or like hooking up in general I'm just like not phased at all yeah. and I don't know I don't know why that is or um, like sometimes I question myself because I like in, in the back of my head I'm just like yeah he's cute but I'm not gonna you don't like, see that I don't see the sexual side of things I'll just be like yeah, yeah he, he is cute but like I'm not gonna I wouldn't jump on him or yeah. <laughs> are you able to explain um, a little bit what um, asexual and demisexual are? I actually don't know either <laughs> Okay, so so there's many interpretations of what asexual is, and um, I only became aware of some definitions by um, a good friend that I've established here in Melbourne, um, Kent, mm. um, who identifies as asexual, and um, Miss Catalina Katz. Shout out to Kat. Shout out to Kat. Um, she <laughs> so did. One um, after our sign making um, for the Midsummer March, we went to a bar called Pride of Foot's Crane um, for drinks afterwards, just to like unwind and debrief about like how the day went. Because this was our first encounter with having members um, come together for Pacific X, mm-hmm. and um, so we just wanted to debrief and just see how things went. And um, it was during our drinks at Pride of Footscray that um, she uh, mentioned that she was asexual and I was just like, I didn't want... Like, asexual, I just thought, was a person that just didn't... 
like sex or didn't want anything to do with sex or didn't want anything to didn't want any physical encounter with another person sexually yeah. um, but actually it was, it was like like I said there's, there's many interpretations of what asexual is so it's a person um, so for example if you're in a relationship with someone like it's not like you're not going to have sex but um, like oh my gosh I just went mind blown is um, it where you'll get fulfillment out of other things apart from from sex? Yeah, so like you you enjoy like the the relationship side of things, but mm-hmm. the physical side of things like it's not important. Like mm-hmm. it happens, but it's not. Yeah, like stuff of substance in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then um, so as I was looking into that, I also was, um, was looking into other sexualities, and that's when I came across. Demisexual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so demisexual, from what I've seen um, and researched on Google, uh, it says that it's a person that um, builds physical attraction through emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order to build, have a relationship sexually, like I have to know the person emotionally first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's another point where I was just like, okay, so maybe that's why um, I'm not going on dates because it takes forever to like know these people. And by the time we come yeah. to that point, like they're like, nah, sorry, girl, like you're taking too long. Like I want to. Yeah. Um, it takes more than just their photo and their looks and stuff like that. Exactly. Exactly. And um, yeah. I, like I said, it's it's something that I'm still exploring and it's still something that I'm wanting to get to know about myself because ultimately, and much like my um, friends, uh, we are all still trying to find our yeah. identities. Like we we are in the queer community, but our identities in the sense is like what do we represent? Who are we? And yeah. what do we like sexually and all of that stuff? And so that's why I enjoy these spaces because you are able to learn so much yeah. from others' stories and that's where storytelling is very important as well. Yeah, and there's all those outside pressures telling you to conform to one or the other when it's just... Exactly. There's like a spectrum and we don't all sit in like on polar opposite sides. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, but when you do try to when you're lurking, <laughs> um, do you frequent the apps? Being a moikolo on the, on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, the only app that I'm on is um, Tinder and Scruff. I think Grindr was just too much for me because I was just getting getting the catfishes, but also getting, mm. like, just the, the non-stop dick pics. And I was just like, Mm-hmm. Did I ask? Like, so, you're just <laughs> no. Like, I, I just like look at it and then I like reply like thanks. Yeah. But like, so I didn't need that block. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, no. Like, Scruff and Tinder. I I enjoy Tinder because um, majority of the time you're having conversations with normal people. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like 
Grinder, obviously it's just people that want hookups. Um, but Scruff, um, I find it's just, I, I like going on Scruff because it's a lot of people that are probably like around my body type-ish. Okay, I better get on then. Um, <laughs> I gotta get on then. <laughs> and yeah, and so like- Cause we built um, like that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And then, like, um, so, like, a lot of them, like, praise, like, the the boldness or the fluxness. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I love that. Like, I mean, I don't go on there just to, like, find a hookup or connection. Like, I do go on there just to try and just chat with people. (laughs) Like, a lot of the times, like, people will chat. Yeah. But... A lot of the times as well, like, they're just like, nah, I'm just like after a cookie, like, mm. are you going to give me that or am I going to find it somewhere else? And I'm just yeah. like, yeah. Thank you, next. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, have you found a lot of down low guys on there or, or just in general? Like, have you dealt with many? Oh, many. Yeah, plenty. Like, even back home, like, I had, like, a pastor's son, um, and like that pastor son and I like met at a um what are they called like a bathhouse or yeah. like those sauna oh, places okay. yeah um, so back home there see was, that's like, what your tithing gets there. you <laughs> <laughs> blessings <laughs> so I met this pastor son um and he was a I won't. Should I say what tricks my tricks? I won't. It's okay. I can bleep it um, out. <laughs> so yeah, he was the son of. Uh, I don't know which. But it was um, his dad was passing a brush dish to stuff up in a full mm-hmm. school, one of those. But um, yeah, I met him at the Avondale Gay Sauna, mm-hmm. and um, like he was obviously on the down low, but like there we met. And then, because I had gone to the sauna with someone else, and that someone else was, their intention was to hook up with me, but my intention wasn't to hook up with them. I was just like, yeah. nah, girl, like, this is my first time, like, let me have a look around. Mm-hmm. And thankfully I did, because that's when I ran into him and the dark <laughs> corridors. <laughs> You're like, sorry, sis, um, wait in the car. <laughs> And then, yeah, like, um, we were talking in the corridors and then, like, went outside for smoke just to, like, chat. And then, like, yeah, everything happened. Everything that happened, happened. And we stayed in close contact, but um, because he looked, like, out west and I was, like, in South Auckland, I was just, like, I'm, I'm a broke student. Like I don't mm-hmm. have time to yeah. <laughs> so I don't have money for petrol to come and um, meet you so I ended up there but like he he didn't pressure me to like keep his identity secret but mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like I needed to share it mm-hmm. um, and like I don't know what he's up to these days but yeah no like my experience wasn't like I didn't have to be discreet about it like we found ways if we did meet up like we found ways to 
meet up in spaces that wouldn't put him in mm-hmm. a situation where like oh my gosh like yeah someone's gonna notice you mm-hmm. um but yeah no like i that, i've only probably only had yeah that one experience and yeah um i mean obviously you have all these gay guys that act like they're undercover but it's like girl I know, I see, sis. Ten other guys know you too. Yeah. I always find with a lot of Jalo guys. I always find with a lot of Jalo guys. Like, I know you're a bottom. Like, we can see that. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Um, that's so mean. But, yeah, with a lot of Jalo guys, I find that when we first chat to them, um, they kind of suss you out to see if you're... Um, Femme, like, um, yeah. So they'll exactly. they'll do that kind of um, questioning, and then um, just so that they can bring home boys that that can be their friends, like to their fam, they to can, their family. Yeah. So they're looking yeah. for bros. Definitely. That's what some of them put on their profiles. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I hate because I never passed the test. Uh, <laughs> But it's so, oh, actually, like, even, like, my mate, like, he, he's, like, full-on straight, like, um, even, like, he, he would, like, take me to his place, and I was acting normal and stuff, and, like, his family would just be, like, oh, and then you'd hear the word, like, fuck and it's, like, in your head, just, like, what, what are they saying, like, because that's yeah. all I understand, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, um, but he would just be like, nah, he's cool. Like, he's cool. Like, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry. It's just a mate. And um, so that was reassuring, like, back in those days. But even he at the time didn't know that I was gay. And I was just like... Yeah, there yeah. are these cool, like, straight guys <laughs> that are, like, really cool with it. And just, like, they don't yeah. give a shit. And they're just like, oh, exactly. no, that's my friend. Like, um, mm. there's some of us that like to um, take that extra mile and fall in love with them. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's another conversation. <laughs> that's another conversation. Or is that a TikTok story where you're gonna um, visit your best friend for six years and they're like trying to stay with him with these two? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> See, Did I read this wrong? Did you not reciprocate my feelings? Oh my gosh, I feel so bad. And then if they say no, you're like, it's a prank. It's a prank. <laughs> <laughs> it's like now I'm drinking like come on who's down <laughs> I was just kidding <laughs> I can't dude <laughs> okay um <laughs> I'm just getting triggered by myself shit um <laughs> um early you talked about um the Midsummer Festival and I saw that you went to um Oh my gosh, it's Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras in Sydney. Yeah. Um, how was that? And like, because it was exciting seeing like a whole heap of brown faces, um, and not just brown faces, like Pacifica faces. What was that like for you? Yes, it was absolutely amazing. Like at Midsummer, just like having the group that we did uh, march with us in solidarity for our family, Rainbow family and the Islands. Hmm. Um, as some people would know, they're going through some Lord 
changes um, in Cook Islands where they're trying to ban homosexual mm-hmm. um, rights um, in Cook Islands. And we were just there advocating for them because, like, if it passes in Cook Islands, like, it, it'll likely pass in all other islands, and we don't want that for our Indian family. Um, mm-hmm. And um, just seeing, like, the support of, like, our elders, like, those um, who represent us in um, massive platforms, um, just being there with us and just guiding us um, through our march. It was just, like, fulfilling and just having us, all younger generations behind them and walking together mm. and just showing the love of our cultures. Yeah. It was just so fulfilling as well. And then I um and then Mardi Gras, like, so Mardi Gras happened, was an initial conversation between um, my group of friends that I made here in Melbourne. And I think it was probably, like, after a year I, I lived in Melbourne, I found these friends. Because mm-hmm. um, I was just a bit of a loner, just like working 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I established these friends, it, it was just, it was so fulfilling to me because like um, one of them was um, Australian Balan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, I had two of them which were Tongan. Um, and so just meeting like Rick and Sonia and um, Nuafe, I was just, just being able to relate to them on so many levels mm-hmm. um, and like that just bringing our bond together and just making our connection stronger like that's what I had been like looking for for so many years mm-hmm. and I didn't know the, like I and Perth I was able to establish the importance of having gay friends mm-hmm. um, but then in Melbourne I was able to establish the importance of having gay Pacific friends yeah and that's what I loved about um, being here. And I think that's why my passion for the LGBTQIA community here in Melbourne um, just grew stronger. And um, so with us, uh, they were talking about like Mardi Gras, their, their experience in Mardi Gras. And I was like, oh my gosh, we need to go. <laughs> so yeah. Um, like last year, so this was last year, and so I was like, oh my gosh, we need to go, like we, um, let's like start planning. And then along the, the, throughout the year, we just started like meeting more people. And so we had like um, another person, um, Richie, um, which we refer to as the Queen of Ballarat. Um, <laughs> and he- Ballarat. <laughs> Yes, and so he's our Tongan Queen of Ballarat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Richie came into the mix as well. And um, and it was just awesome because we all come from our different walks of life. Mm-hmm. And we all bring our own stories into the mix. And it just gives us so much appreciation for the way we grew up or like or didn't. Mm-hmm. Like um, some of us have obviously our um, harsh stories um, from growing up, and I won't talk about that because one day they'll be able to yeah. tell it themselves. Um, but yeah, just like some people obviously aren't fortunate to 
have the love and support of family and friends and um, just showing that like showing the love between ourselves like it was just good to just have that connection and just be like you know I'm here if you need and it was more important for them to know that they had family as well um, if they needed it and um, so yeah so that so there was five of us no sorry four and then we met another two um, at the Peel the good old Peel um (laughs) I, I love the peel like because um, the smoker area is just so massive and it's like it just makes that's you for make friends. the best yeah. that, that it makes the best Talanoa sessions yeah. like because mm-hmm. the space is so massive and yeah. you just like talk and so that's where we've, we met um, Jay and Michael and um, just like having this group and connection with all these people and just having that mutual um, connection of like wanting to do something in the community, not necessarily for uh, predominantly for Pacific Islanders, but mm-hmm. just all gay people in general. Because yeah. um, there, there, there was discussions amongst like ourselves, like where um, some people didn't feel like they felt part of, like for example, like a Pacific Island group. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had been affiliated with Pacific Islanders for a while to know the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why it's an, an important to also just create these spaces um, for them so that they actually feel comfortable in. So when we um, locked in dates for Mardi Gras, um, we then had our allies, which were all the beautiful Dahine um, Foyloles that you would have seen in the photos um, that are our, just our like number one allies and mm-hmm. just having the love from our sisters like we had our Persian princess Sharon and then we had Mon, our Tongan princess and Twerka and then we had like my my lovely sisters um, Esse and Oriana who are my sister-in-law's sisters, um, yeah, that, that's a bit complicated, but they're sisters. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then there was also Moya, which is cousin. Um, and then we even had like um, one of the brothers come in from New Zealand just to like experience it all wow. as well. And um, yeah, I think like for us as a gay community it was empowering just to be the brown queer people of color um and just show your face at the parade and i think for our allies it just gave them more of an appreciation for not just us but also themselves because they were able to live them themselves authentically mm-hmm. as well like they don't they're not um queer of any sort but like they were able to just live yeah, like for the moment, mm-hmm. and that—that's what was fulfilling about the whole experience. And yeah, it, it was just an experience that I'll never forget, and yeah. I don't think any of us will forget. With your new appointment as director and president of Pacific X, what do you see for the future of the the organization? Um. So. At the moment, we are still in our planning stages. Mm -hmm. Um, We are just 
at the moment trying to set up our um, general appointments so that we can get the ball rolling for grants and funding. Mm-hmm. Um, once we get that sorted, we'll be able to get responses um, from the community to see what they, what programs they want to implement in the community or what's mm-hmm. going to bring more engagement so that we can focus on those things as we go. Um, I have a passion for mental health and youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm working alongside, so alongside some people to just see what programs we can do. And um, like, obviously, like we, we don't know what's happening at the moment, so we can't yeah. plan too far ahead. But we can only just at least come up with these ideas so that when it mm-hmm. comes to the point of um, action, everything will be able to just like head it out and um, yeah, get that all out there. Like we have um, some people that are passionate about storytelling and mm-hmm. um, wanting to create documentaries um, and also like stage plays and theatre productions Um, and I'm excited and like I'm so excited to just see that to um, see that through and for us to be able to like tell our stories through those platforms as well and um, yeah it's only the beginning and I'm excited to um, just see our community thrive um, Mm -hmm. through this pandemic and um, I'm just excited to see everything through the end through to the end yeah um so i think we'll wrap it up but i wanted to ask you what advice do you have for um our young pacifica youth that are coming up that um may be struggling with um just their identity their identity i would suggest like i think growing up i didn't have anyone to look up to um Mm. but it's so it's so fulfilling that you have these um groups now like um, Brisbane has runway movement that has mm-hmm. queer people of colour that they can look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, now Melbourne has um, some gigs that they can um, chime into and um, just ask for advice or mm-hmm. just someone to talk to. Like we're all there now. We're all there in our own bubbles, but we're all there with listening ears and mm-hmm. open hearts to help however we can. And um, I just want you to know, like you're not alone. Um, We've all been there, done that, and um, I've always said, like, even if your own family doesn't accept you for who you are, there's always your chosen family, so. Exactly. Yeah. You're always loved, so Mm -hmm. get it, girl. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to applaud you for everything that you're doing for our community and um, just being out here, like. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you for being on the podcast I know that sometimes our stories um, Are hard to tell um, But you did it so beautifully today And I can't wait to see what you have For us um, And I'm, I'll be watching <laughs> oh, Awesome, no, thank you so much For um, giving us yes, this opportunity um, Like I was I was talking to Tony The other day, like he was the former um, Director and I was just like Girl, like we're making moves like we just need to continue this and like I think also without the love and support from Tony and pushing yeah. me in, into this platform as well it's just um, 
something that needed to happen for me, but also something that needed to happen for him. And yeah. like, we're excited for the ride. And so, yeah, no, thank you very much, Billy. We see you. We we listening, girl. And, we see each um, other. Yeah, just <laughs> just keep doing what you're doing as well, girl. Oh. Like we're here, one hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. <laughs>